0: (laughs) All right. We're live. We're live. Uh, First episode of uh, CFPs that stack, which um, if you hate the name, Trent came up with it. If you love it, uh, (laughs) Isaiah came up with it. So thank you for that. Uh, But really, I guess the the genesis of the show is it's built a little bit around uh, Trent and I's work with advice on Bitcoin to create CE, create content directly for advisors to understand Bitcoin, not crypto, not digital assets. Um, Sorry, friends, those things are, are not worth your time. So you should focus on something that matters. And um, one of the cool things that we want to do is bring on advisors so bring on high quality advisors that love working with clients, doing financial planning and, and help them understand Bitcoin better. Some will be you know, already down the rabbit hole or really educated in Bitcoin and others will be you know, highly skeptical. And I think that the goal is right. Trent, for us, it's like if we're wrong about Bitcoin, tell us. Right. We yeah. have probably too much of our net worth in Bitcoin if we're wrong. Definitely. Um, and we'd love to. We would love to know. And the joke that you always hear is Bitcoin needs better critics. And we're coming off of Bitcoin 2023. We have, I think, three presidential candidates talking about Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, what, what has you bullish, interested in Bitcoin right now that uh, is timely?
1: Well, I'm always bullish about Bitcoin for various reasons, but uh, particularly as it relates to financial planners, Like, I think that the next billion people for example will be onboarded with their financial planner's help. Uh because financial planners are the in most cases number 1 go-to person in a client's lives. Uh I just tweeted out like a lot of planners that have a great relationship with their client, they know more about that client than that uh client's doctor, for example. Like the financial planner is one of those unbreakable bonds that you know, the planner could go to three different practices and the client will follow them the whole way. Uh, so I think that they play such a huge part in clients' lives. And it's upsetting because financial planners aren't really giving Bitcoin the time of day right now. But they're also not incentivized to and they're not, they're not uh, encouraged to either by various regulatory boards like the CFP board, for example. Uh, not like the CFP board. They just say, "Hey, you should be educated on Bitcoin and crypto, and you should go figure it out yourself." Like they don't really give them any sort of resources that are like vetted by other, you know, industry professionals or whatever. So, um, to end my rant here, I am just very bullish on the advisors that get it. They understand that uh, even though advisors never want to hear their clients say, "This time it's different," right? With a pandemic or a recession or something, those are words you never want to hear. This time, it actually is different in terms of where we are in the world and debt levels across the world and debasement across the world, and we actually have a solution to this. Uh, this time, it's different. We've never had anything like this in the entire world. Uh, so I'm very bullish on the advisors that, that get it and can help relay that message to their clients uh, in a concise and clear way and can help onboard the next billion people.
0: Yeah, and uh, this show is going to have people push back, right? I think the biggest thing that you said is like they can't be paid for it. I don't. I I, Again, it's a small sample size, right? But as being someone that's fairly outspoken about Bitcoin, you will attract folks that have Bitcoin, still want advice and guidance on planning, have traditional assets, and want to pay you for your advice and guidance. And I think that's really exciting. And most people are like, oh, well, it's only you know, Gen Zers or millennials that have no money that, you know, are YOLOing into to Bitcoin on Robinhood or something. It's like, no, 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 no. Um I've talked to to two different baby boomers that have significant assets in Bitcoin, mm-hmm. significant, you know, traditional assets as well, that want advice and guidance um and help, but also want someone that gets Bitcoin because it aligns with the problems that they see. And it's not necessarily also something that is, you know, a conservative or a liberal thing. It's just like Bitcoin is apolitical, right? I always say like, you know it's not red or blue, it's it's purple, right? It's a blend. There's there's it's a lot orange. like I talked about there's yeah, it's orange, right? <laughs> that's better. Um but like the the Republican and, and, and Democrat like that, the argument of back and forth of like, hey, this is the the asset for this side or that. It's like that's so exhausting and tiring mm-hmm. and I think it's missing the point. And ultimately it's like if Bitcoin is part of the conversation. It, it is beneficial, and you can run the numbers, right? Like there's a really cool tool put out by Swan Bitcoin. So shout out to uh to those folks. But they put out a you know kind of portfolio analytics tool where you can run your traditional assets alongside of Bitcoin and run the numbers. And I think that's great for some folks. But I think fundamentally, and part of what the the C course is designed for, right, is well, okay, it's great, but I don't believe that Bitcoin actually has any value. So I'm not going to believe that these numbers are real. And so you have to understand and go back a little bit to understand what is Bitcoin, what is money and like foundationally that information and then move in and graduate into that. I think it's mm-hmm. the same thing um, for clients. Like they need to understand foundationally, hey, these are the the things of why Bitcoin exists and then how that actually helps them into the future. But yeah, um, it's not something that is a, a political ideology um, with Bitcoin. It's just more or less people that want to be able to you know, earn a living, save into something, and go about their day.
1: Right. Yeah, and one thing that you said that um, many people will say, well, Bitcoin doesn't have any value. Well, value is subjective. Like, let's let's get that out of the way first of all. Like, I think that Meta is one of the worst companies in the entire world. They're still worth a trillion dollars. Like, you might think that Bitcoin is only used by criminals, or it actually is worthless. But Bitcoin has a five hundred billion dollar market cap. You know, it costs twenty seven thousand something like that, twenty six thousand dollars for one Bitcoin. Like I, it's it's such a bad argument to say that it doesn't have any value when it literally does have value. It might just not have value to you. So that's where you kind of have to take the other side of the coin. Like even though I hate meta and I hate what Facebook represents, I still understand that they are a great business and that algorithm is worth a lot of money. Uh, So you kind of have to put yourself in other people's shoes. Like how – what am I missing to where people value this protocol so much that I'm just not seeing and just take you know an hour, a dozen hours and actually do – do the research, run the numbers, whatever it is, uh, and go from there.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I have a mansion that has no power and I'm hungry and I'm freezing, um, what's worth more? Is it the, the electricity that might be pretty inexpensive or is the mansion worth more? It's like, Mm -hmm. no, like for me, the sustenance to live into the future, it's not having, you know, 12,000 square feet to, to run and play and do all this cool stuff when you can't heat it and you can't eat. So yeah. The value piece is always going to be subjective, depending on where someone's at. And I think that is something that I've heard time and time again, and fundamentally uh people just seem to to gravitate towards like, "Oh well, this business throws off cash flow right okay. fair like what's the cash flow denominated in
1: mm-hmm. right like what's
0: the cash flow oh it's dollars okay, so what makes the dollar have value and then you have yeah. like, walk all that all the way back and, and I think that is important, and then it's like okay, fundamentally, right what is a good money and what's a bad money. Yeah. And like, let, let's learn the history of that stuff. And I mean, I've always liked history, um, but I think, you know, for us, at least for me, I came to Bitcoin from like the, not from the tech side, cause that's not my background. It was more from the, the monetary properties and just the seeing it when I was at Merrill Lynch in 2017 run up and then crashed and then not die. It was like mm-hmm. very interesting. Like, what is this thing?
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah,
0: were you more, I know it was your dad, right? And then someone watched the video on our website, uh, again, advice, on Bitcoin.com, you talk about that, but is was it more tech for you or was it more m- like monetary properties and, and you know kind of the
1: investment case? Um, it was speculation at first, definitely. Sure. I think that's how everyone joins at first. But yeah, so for those that might not have seen the video, uh, back in 2016, my dad actually sent me a portion of the Bitcoin and he attached a message to it. It was just on Coinbase. It wasn't very bitcoiner in the way he did it but he did it and he said uh this is your first portion of a bitcoin i have a feeling you will never sell it and i was just a broke college kid at the time so i didn't really think much of it and literally the only reason i didn't sell it for beer is because i knew it would hurt my dad's feelings so i held (laughs) on to it and i just sort of like forgot about it for four years three years or so but after i graduated college um after i started to like earn a a real paycheck. You know, that's when I really started to care about like what money is and, uh, why I'm getting taxed on a car that I own outright and don't owe any other payments and stuff like that. And, um, in 2020, when we got locked down and we were just kind of chilling in our homes and printing off all this money from nothing. Uh, and there's that, there's that meme of Jim Cramer doing that stupid little show that he does. And, it says that um, the the bottom is like stocks have their best day or something like that in 40 years. And in the back, it's uh, record numbers of unemployment. And like that meme is just like, oh my god, like what in the – how is this possible? How is it possible that in 2020 we can shut down almost every business in the, US, in the United States – and the stock market returns 20% that year. It was just mind-boggling to me. Uh, so I think it, it definitely wasn't the tech. It was when things literally did not add up in the real world, and I wanted to get to the source of that. That's what really got me interested in Bitcoin.
0: I love it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's the the bell curve left or right. I never try to say that I'm on the on the right side, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, hey, money spick it on, money spick it off, and then the, the person in the middle arguing about all this nuance. It's like, Flows are kind of important, and you yeah. see that with with a lot of different market cycles. And you can look at um, all kinds of of different metrics to to show that. And again, people will push back, um, but then you see it play out in reality time and time again. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, all right, I guess you know I'll just be the the dumb left side of the bell curve. But this seems to to work pretty darn good. Um, so yeah. we're going to bring on advisors, right? That that come across Bitcoin in a variety of different ways. So there's a couple of touch points, and I think that's pretty unique for us too where it wasn't the first time we ever heard about bitcoin that we're like oh man like this makes total sense we're we're in same thing for me right like i heard about it uh, quite a bit and it was like okay that that's not real right Mm -hmm. stocks are real bonds are real these companies are real that's not real um and it's just you know this idea that i'm gonna again speculate or gamble and try to make money and then you know uh put it back into dollars or put it back into real things right like like a stock like an index fund Right. right and um the, the struggle that I have with most advisors is that they aren't intellectually honest with themselves and they, some of their beliefs don't align if you start pushing on things, right? Mm-hmm. So if the market is efficient, like you talked about before, the value in Bitcoin is the correct value of Bitcoin because the market has dictated that. Yeah, um, The same way that the market is dictating that, hey, the S&P should be at a certain level. Um, there's not an argument there that, you know, hey, it's overvalued or this or that. Well, like, sure, you can look at some valuation metrics and, and say, hey, historically it has, but at the end of the day, The market is a big complex system and and people have derived that this is the value and that's what everyone agrees on and if they think it should be lower they'll push it lower if they think it should be higher they'll push it higher Mm -hmm. and it's it's similar with bitcoin and it's like you try to break that down fundamentally to something that is explainable and then all of a sudden it's like well no because it's not real and it's like okay well again we got to go back to that that conversation Mm -hmm. what is real trent what is real (laughs) right and it's just it's it's um confounding at times, but I hope we'll get into some of those conversations with folks here to, to maybe see a light bulb or, or have the ability just to say, you know what, you can really love doing awesome financial planning. You don't have to manage assets, but you can still say Bitcoin makes sense for clients. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a couple of people have said this, like the only wrong allocation to Bitcoin is zero, right? Like you then as the advisor, as the person in that, um, the, the the important person in a client's life that is helping them direct, how do they take their time energy and capital and put it towards something help them understand what's the right mix because if i'm you know extremely conservative um people back like, oh well bitcoin makes no sense it's like well actually actually right? the meme actually um, <laughs> what if i hold a majority in cash and just a little bit in bitcoin like what does that do from a return perspective like my right. volatility is nothing but i can still actually generate some return right and it's, it's just really fascinating again if you run the numbers and start looking at things and i mm-hmm. hope that we'll be able to get into that with with some planners and whether you charge, you know, AUM only or your fee only or fee bait, like I don't want to get into those arguments that, that FinTwit likes to get into of like you charge wrong. And so you're evil. It's like, no, you're probably doing really good. At least you're not trying to, you know, push, uh, you know, index universal life insurance over, uh, <laughs> you know, a Roth IRA, you know, Curtis Ray, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're struggling. You, it's like, you're trying to, you're trying to just help and do a lot of good for clients. And it's like, we both fundamentally agree that Bitcoin is a big part of that. And the sooner advisors do that, the bigger impact it can have on communities. Um, I think from a, a wealth gap and wealth divide, mm-hmm. Bitcoin solves a lot of that. Um, and we'll get into to a lot of those other other things. I'm not going to spend the whole time here rambling on, on why, but I, I want to yeah. get different advisors from lots of different walks of life to to come in and, and push things. I think yeah.
1: And I would say, like if you have been watching this video for ten plus minutes now and you're on the outside looking in, like, yes, Isaiah and I are biased. We are bitcoiners, and we are very staunch bitcoiners as well. Uh, we are financial planners, and we have extremely irresponsible allocations to Bitcoin. You know, I can speak for myself, I can't speak for Isaiah, but the as much as I know about him, I'm sure he's in the same boat as me. The purpose of this show is not to. Bring advisors on and then say, Gotcha, we gotcha. We're making you look dumb or anything like that. That's not the point at all. Like, we are trying to talk through different barriers uh, and trying to understand the financial planner's perspective even better than what we already think we know right now. And there's another thing on that, too, is like, we get that it's really hard to be a financial planner. Like, you have to. Be on top of things that, especially when I was in school, I never thought I would have to be on top of. I never thought I would have to be on top of laws around estate planning. I never thought that I would have to know anything about healthcare. And now here we are as a financial planner taking care of every single part of a client's financial plan. I realize it's a lot to stay on top of. And when it comes to Bitcoin and crypto, it is like drinking out of a fire hose, Right. Like you know that Bitcoin's the first one, you know that it's the most popular, but then there's 12,000 other cryptocurrencies or however many there are. And then you got to learn about NFTs and you got to learn about DeFi and you got to learn about staking and all this stuff. And it's a lot. And we totally understand that and I think it's disingenuous of so many bitcoiners to say financial planners are stupid because They don't pay attention to Bitcoin when it's so much more than that. Like They literally don't have the time in some instances. And so um, to sort of wrap this thought up, the idea is just to talk through uh, why. Talk through the why of Bitcoin and also talk through uh, their practice and the why of why they are or are not incorporating Bitcoin into their practice. And then the idea of the course itself is to get rid of all that noise that I just mentioned. Isaiah and I are very big proponents of being Bitcoin only. Bitcoin is the only innovation in this entire space. If there are innovations elsewhere, it will be built on Bitcoin. And Bitcoin solves the most pressing problem in the world right now, which is currency debasement. I like to say that – and I stole this from uh, one of my buddies, Adam Semeca, that I met at a Kansas City Bitcoin meetup – is that the difference between Bitcoin and crypto is sort of like you're remodeling a house – And instead of fixing the leaky roof that is leaking water into your living room, you're wanting to replace the couch. And uh, fixing the leaky roof is understanding Bitcoin, uh, fixing the problem of currency debasement. Wanting to replace the couch is pixelated art, NFTs, and just this other stuff that frankly is not that important right now. Uh, So that was a lot of stuff that I just said, so I'm going to shut up and... Take it back to Isaiah.
0: <laughs> no, this is, this is, no, as I, say, I think we both have gone on rants and the goal, right, is that we're going to have people come on and it'll be a good back and forth. We'll challenge things. Um, I think to wrap up, I don't want to make this, this intro too, too terribly long. Um, what's a good recent Bitcoin piece of content that you've consumed that you think would be excellent for someone to, to read, to listen to, to watch?
1: <sighs> um, I'm going to go with something that I uh, typically don't go with, and that is uh, Jesse Myers, his um, total addressable market for Bitcoin. Um, what What's the name of the piece? Once in a
0: Species is his blog.
1: Once in a Species, yeah. Yep. So what he does in this particular piece is he looks at Bitcoin's total addressable market because if you want to get... Financial planners are numbers people. Like At their core, I think that they really are. They're really good with speaking with people about feelings and emotions and psychology and stuff like that, but they're numbers people. If they're going to invest client money, they want that client money to go up. They want number go up client money, right? Uh, so this is uh, just really understanding like just how large the investment thesis for Bitcoin is. Uh, there's a bunch of philosophical type pieces that I could have mentioned, but I think like if you want to get excited about Bitcoin, if you actually want to be like, holy crap, I need to learn more about this, I think that's a perfect resource to start with.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's a great one. I, I've shared it many, many times, and Jesse's writing is like so darn good. It's just <laughs> fantastic. The one that, that I would go with is a little older, but I feel like I've pounded the drum on inflation um, for a long time. And it's funny that there's, some, there's a certain fin twit influencer slash advisor slash other things that has had some horrible takes on inflation over the, the course of, you know, now we're going on three years. But um, anyways, much bigger following than I will probably ever have, but I, I like to <laughs> poke. So the piece that I want to talk about and would encourage is not super recent, but it's come out uh, fairly recent. I think it was, it was last year, but that, you know, Bitcoin is not an inflation hedge by Parker Lewis. Mm-hmm. And the, the fundamental thesis is Bitcoin solves inflation. And I'm going to leave it there. It's like a 25 or 30 minute read, but oh my goodness, Parker has written so many things that have been influential for me. Uh, his blog post series gradually, then suddenly is fantastic. We talk about it. We reference some of that within the um, the course. We share that um, with lots of people, but uh, Bitcoin is not an inflation hedge. I think is a great one because people think, Hey, CPI is up. Bitcoin's down, you know, do yeah. ETF, and it's not the right way to think about it. And you, you need to fundamentally go a, a layer deeper Uh, in that kind of onion from, from that standpoint. So yeah, that's the piece that I like. Uh, Any other closing thoughts?
1: Really excited to have the show. Um, I love the idea of financial planning. It's a super rewarding career and I love Bitcoin. So being able to pair the two together, it's going to be really fun. Conversations are going to be great. It's going to be great to meet new advisors and new planners and, and just hear about how they run their business. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hosting these with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're an advisor watching this, want to come on and chat again, no gotcha moments. We want to have an intellectual, honest conversation. If you think we're all full of shit, come on and tell us why we're full of shit. We're, yeah. we're here for it. I'm not going to take offense to it. Um, you just need to understand that we're going to you know, press back. And I, I want good intellectual debate if that's what someone's up for. And um, yeah, so anyone is welcome. It's We're not going to cherry pick people that um, only are pro Bitcoin and just we all backslap each other. That's not the, the goal here. The goal is to to seek truth and to, to have good thoughtful mm-hmm. conversation. So, um, with that, we'll, uh, we'll close it out and thank you uh, so much for tuning in and we look forward to chatting with you all soon.
1: See you in the next one.